Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to turn to Psalm 46. Read the psalm, and then we're going to just come to our verse that we'll look at tonight, and that is verse 6. So Psalm 46, we're going to read uh, from verse 1. Psalm 46 and verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Just go back to that verse 6. We're going to look at it tonight. The heathen raged. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. I want to speak about this voice that melts the mountains. This voice, he uttered his voice. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. You know, we've gone from a river in verse 4. There's a river. The streams were off shall make glad. And then in verse 6 it opens with a rage. The rage of the heathen. The rage of the heathen. The kingdoms of this earth being shaken and being moved. The word rage simply means, if you think about it for a moment, we've gone for a river, from a river to a raging. That word means roar. The roar of the heathen. Just like the roar of a lion. We see the rising up of the heathen nations. The rage of the heathen against God and against his people. The shaking of the kingdoms of the world. Friends, what a day we are living in. What an hour. How relevant this verse is. The heathen, the heathen is raging. They're raging like a roaring lion. The kingdoms are being moved and being shaken. What a context. It has been and will be the constant effort of Satan and his host to rage and rise up against Jesus Christ, the Almighty, the Almighty God and his people. It is the purpose, the plan, the, the, the scheme, the device of the evil one and the wicked one to rage against Jesus Christ and his anointed ones, his people, his sheep. 
We see that this is the hour that we have now come to where the rise of that Antichrist world, the rage of the heathen against this Christ and his people, there's a rage underneath all of what we are seeing today. If you go beyond the facade of, of what we are seeing, what we are witnessing, and the outworkings of that is, is terrible and the fear and the, and, and the death and, and all, all sorts of things. But if you just go behind that whole system, what you'll find is a rage, a roar, a, a, a satanic roar that's against Jesus Christ, against God and against his church. This is as we approach the, the, the end times, the season that we have come to, there's a rage within the heathen that's rising up like a roaring lion against Christ and his church. And if we want to go in, <clears throat> and I believe that the scriptures do, do, helps us to see this, it, it, if, if you like, the, the Bible opens the very door and brings us into the very inner workings of the devil and his kingdom. And you get a glimpse of it in Isaiah. If you turn over into the book of Isaiah chapter 14, the scripture here gives us the, the very DNA, if you like, of Satan, his kingdom, and brings us into the inner workings, the heart, the strategy of Satan himself. It's like the Bible opens the lid or lifts the lid and opens the door and gives us a glimpse into the inner workings of Satan and his kingdom. And in Isaiah chapter 14, we're speaking here of Lucifer, the son of the morning, the, 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 the one that has fallen from, from, from heaven itself with a third of the heavenly hosts. And here it says in Isaiah 14 and verse 12, it says, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? And then here's the door opened and an insight into the very workings of this whole rage where it comes from and it was right into the depths of, of the workings of the devil himself. He says, For thou hast said in thine heart, then this is the work, this is the rage, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. That's the very pride that's in the very heart of Satan, his desire to ascend, to be like the Almighty. The rage that's behind this world is the pride of life and the pride of man. But in verse 15, the Bible tells us clearly Oh, what the, what the enemy, what is, how he will be dealt with and how God will deal with them. Jesus Christ has dealt with them and will deal with them in the finale of it all. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They shall see thee, they that shall see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake the nations. This is, this is a time that is recorded in scripture here. Isaiah's prophesying, bringing us to the very end of the age in which we'll stand and see and witness and see this being that we know as Satan or Lucifer. And we'll look upon him in amazement and in wonder and say, is this the man? Is this the one? That, that the earth has trembled and, and did, and, and that did shake the very kingdoms of the world. When you come through right to, 
Revelation chapter 20. And we have been saved and we are with the Lord. And then there's this final great white throne judgment in, in that great chapter, Revelation chapter 20. And all those that are not saved are brought before this great throne. And what we'll witness in Revelation 20 and 10 is this. And the devil that deceased, deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. And here we see that before the world, him who has disturbed and shaken the kingdoms of the world, we'll look at this being, this, this fallen angel, this once an archangel in glory that has fallen and, and all his rage that has troubled the nations and shaken the kingdoms. And we'll look and wonder and say, this the man, is this him? And then the Lord himself will command that this satanic creature will, will be gathered together and will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone with all those also when they're judged at that great white throne with all those that do not know Christ will be banished forever in a lost eternity without Christ. What a moment the prophet is prophesying of. Is this the man? Is this the being? That has troubled the nations. This is the one that caused the kingdoms to shake. The raging of the enemy. His relentless rage. The convulsion of these nations in these last days. And the shaking of the kingdoms. We'll see the enemy himself shaking like a, like a petrified dog at its master's feet. As Jesus Christ commands him to be taken and cast into the lake of fire forever. For he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. The heathen are raging. There's a rage, brothers and sisters, in the spiritual sense. There is a rage at this time. And the question is asked. And we see the reaction of the Lord. I want you to see this. The Almighty's reaction as the kingdoms gather together, as the Antichrist world rises, as they all come together against the Lord Jesus Christ and his church. But if you turn back to Psalm chapter 2, I want us now to see God's reaction to the heathen raging, to the kingdoms shaking, to the roar of this land. Remember the Bible says he goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may desire to devour. But in Psalm chapter 2 and verse 1, the question here is asked, why do the heathen rage? Psalm chapter 2 and verse 1, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Verse 2, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Here is the, the workings of that kingdom of darkness. There's only two kingdoms in this world. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of Satan. And here we see that this heathen kingdom are raging against the Lord and against his anointed that are those that are saved. We have the anointing. Every person that is born of the Spirit of God is, has the anointing that is within them. And so the, the enemy's against the Lord, but he's on this earth. He's against all those that are born again of the Spirit of the living God. And this is their purpose, verse 3. Let us break their bands and cast away their cords from us. Let us break them. 
Let us break them in some way. Let us, let us, let us pull them down. Let us break the bands. Praise the Lord this morning, this, this night, brothers and sisters. Thank God that there is a hope in our hearts. Thank God that we have Jesus in our lives. Thank God we have the great victor that is in us. Thank God for the victory we have in Jesus. Thank God tonight that we'll never be destroyed. Thank God tonight that we're in the very palm of Almighty God's hand and nothing can pluck us from it. And as they rage and as they rise up against Christ and his church, look at verse 4 in Psalm chapter 2. This is what the Bible says. He that sitteth in the heavens. Who is that that sits in the heavens? Thank God that there's a man up in heaven tonight and his name is Jesus Christ. Thank God that he is seated at the right hand of God. And as he views from his eternal viewpoint him, this wonderful Savior, he's seated in the heavens and he begins to laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Tonight as the kingdom of darkness and Satan and the Antichrist world and the joining of the nations gather together against Christ and is anointed. The Bible tells us tonight that the Lord, praise the Lord, the Lord's up in the glory, friend, and the Lord laughs at their feeble efforts. If all the powers of this world and Satan himself gather together against Jesus and his church, let me tell you something, the Lord's sitting in the throne tonight and laughs at their feeble efforts. They have one mind, Revelation. If you turn over right over into the book of Revelation and verse 17, we read it there as we've been looking at it for some months. But in Revelation chapter 17, and verse 13, we see the common purpose of that satanic kingdom. We see that they have a purpose, they have a goal, they have a means of what they want to achieve. And Revelation chapter 17 and verse 13, it says these words, These have one mind. They give their power and strength to the beast, the Antichrist. These shall make war with the Lamb. This is a this is a prophecy being fulfilled in our very day. They're making war with the Lamb. The Lamb, remember, is Jesus Christ. Remember that John said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. They'll make war with the Lamb. And the Bible says these words, And the Lamb shall overcome them. For He is the Lord of lords, and He is the King of kings, and they that are that are, are with him are called chosen and faithful. Thank God tonight we're chosen and thank God tonight we're faithful to the cause tonight. Praise the Lord. They're making war with the Lamb. They're making war with his anointed. They're coming against the church of Jesus Christ. We're fighting a good fight. We're in a war, but praise the Lord. The Lord, the Lamb shall overcome them for he is the Lord of Lords and he is the King of kings praise God tonight he's up in the glory and he laughs he laughs as they rage against his anointed and the lamb himself throughout the whole history of faith when the enemy has come and he does come 
The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. That's the blood of Jesus Christ. And you know that rages in men, that rages in women, that rages in the hearts of those that are in darkness. And they're, they're, they're set to do the devil's work. They're set to destroy the work of God. They've set themselves to bring division and to pull down. But thank God tonight that when the enemy comes in like a flood saints of God stand up on your feet look up to heaven tonight because God's on the throne and he laughs at their efforts against you throughout all the history of faith we have read story after story after story of when the enemy has come time and time again with that same mind, with that same rage. And every time he's come against the people who are trusting in the Lord, who are his people, who have faith in this almighty God, they may not have been strong. They may not have been great men and women as far as what the world would understand to be great. But they had a faith in God. They believed in a God who is more than able and he'll fight our battle that the battle belongs to the Lord that there's a name that's above every name that we have a whole armor tonight that we have the word of God which is the sword of the spirit we have the shield of faith we have a song in our hearts praise God we're washed in the blood tonight thank God there's a name that's above every name and as that enemy would come against them, we read of, 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 of often they, was, they were outnumbered. When, when you look at the natural realm of it and see it as just for what it is, you would say they, they, they had no chance. The odds were impossible. Everything was against them. But friends, tonight if God is for us, who can be against us? God, thank God tonight that you and God, you're a majority, even though there's a host against the church of Jesus Christ. We see back in Second Chronicles chapter 14, the Bible tells us there of Zerah the Ethiopian who came up against God's people. The Bible tells us that the host of a thousand, thousand and three hundred chariots came against Asa and went out against them. Here we see a host of men. It's impossible. Listen, there's no natural means by which we can overcome this. And they set the battle in array. But this is what it says in verse 11 of Second Chronicles. Asa cried unto the Lord his God. And brothers and sisters, I believe that even in the hour in which we're living, there has to be a cry to the Lord. You know, if we're up against it, if the odds are impossible, if it looks like there's no way through, if you feel the old enemy coming in in your spirit, if you're losing your peace, if you know that there's that sense of destruction that's against you, but then cry out to the Lord. How many times have you cried and the Lord hears and the Lord answers? Can I tell you, every time you've cried out to the Lord and faith believe Him, every time the Lord has answered, He's done it His way, but He's a faithful God. But here we see that the king cries out unto the Lord his God. This is what he says, Lord, it's nothing with thee to help, whether be whether with many or with them that have no power. Do what he's saying, Lord. Hey, Lord, we're in a tight place. Lord, we don't even know where to turn. We don't know who to turn to. We don't have any power in our strength in ourselves. We're not these great and mighty people. We're men of like passion. But, O oh Lord, our God, 
We rest on thee, friend, tonight. Rest on God. Rest on the Almighty God. And in thy name, this is what he said, we go against this multitude. We're not doing it in the name of a church. We're not doing it in the name of a ministry. We're not doing it in the name of a minister. We're not doing it in our own name. But we're coming in thy name. We're going out to battle. We're going up against impossible odds, but we're coming in the name that's above every name. That's the name of Jesus. O Lord, thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. So the Lord, praise the Lord, is what it says in verse 12. So the Lord, so the Lord, you know, he cried. And then it says, so the Lord smote the Ethiopians. Brothers and sisters, tonight, what, what principles there are to be drawn out of these great verses in Second Chronicles 14, 9 through 12, the whole chapter deals with this great battle, a thousand thousand of an army. But they cried unto the Lord. Oh, Father, we thank you tonight that there's victory in Jesus. We remember Jehoshaphat coming up against the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, and all them besides the Ammonites up against Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles chapter 20. We read here again impossibilities. Impossible. Thank God this is what it is to have faith. Not in the things that we can do. If we can do them we don't need faith. But God is looking for a people that trust Him for the things that are impossible. And in verse 21 of Second Chronicles 20. He consulted with the people. He appointed the singers unto the Lord. That they should praise the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, this is what happens. When they began to lift up the Lord, when they began to sing praises unto the Lord. You love this here. It says, The Lord set ambushments against the children of Moab, Mount Seir, which were come out against Judah, and they were smitten. They went out with the high praises of God in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. They went out with those high praises, singing the praises of God, and that enemy was defeated. But the battle, brothers and sisters, of all battles and the victory of all victories and also the defeat of all defeats was when Christ died on the cross in Calvary. You know, in John 14, if you turn to John chapter 14 and verse 28. You'll see here that the Lord, as he's approaching Calvary, he's fully aware of, of what is about to happen. He's come to fulfill the will and the purpose of his Father that's been prophesied throughout Scripture. And Christ as a man, fully God and fully man, knows that the hour has come. He knows that the enemy is circling him like a lamb would circle his prey. He knows that that old lion that roars is just sitting somewhere ready to pounce. And the Lord had the time set. The Lord knew exactly when he would give himself as a sacrifice for humanity. And he speaks to his disciples in John 14, 28. And he says these words, you have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I go unto the Father for my father is greater than I. Verse 29, he said these words, And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it has come to pass, you might believe. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. Listen to these words. 
For the prince of this world cometh and has nothing in me. That old devil was coming. He knew the Lord knew he was coming. But he had nothing on the Lord. Oh, thank God tonight I was sharing these verses just the other day. And I want to tell you, friends, thank God tonight we have won in the glory. His name is Jesus. What does that mean to me? When I'm saved and Jesus is up in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. I'm going to tell you something. The prince of this world has nothing on Jesus. You know, he may come to me and he may come to you as the accuser of the brethren. He might say such and such and accuse you of this and that and the other. He might face up some of your past, some of the things that you did in your past, because we've all have a past. And he might bring those things to bring condemnation and guilt. He might, he might, you might meet someone, and this happens to me sometimes when I'm with Nikki and she near, she just wants to ground the open up if I meet an old school friend or someone I used to run about with. And they, they know the life that I lived. They know the type of person that I was. They know the things perhaps even that I'd done. They knew perhaps what I was once infamous for. And you meet them, they're still not saved. And they look at you and they talk and they want to talk about the old things because they have, as it were, something on me. But praise the Lord, brothers and sisters, this Christ, this world's nothing on him and the devil's nothing on him. He lived a sinless and a spotless life. The old pilot said, I can find no fault in him. He was examined, but they couldn't find anything in him. There was no guile in his mouth. And what that means to me, friends, as my great high priest and your advocate, when the devil comes and accuses you of what you once were, what you used to do, and the failures that you've made, thank God we can point up the one in the glory whose name is Jesus. And I tell you, friends, we our lives are hid with Christ and God, and the devil's nothing on him. Don't look into yourself, but look up to him who is our righteousness. He is our perfect one. And the Lord had warned him, He's coming, but He's got nothing on me. He's got nothing in me. You know, those Pharisees came. Jesus said in Luke 22 and 53, When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me. And the Lord gave them this hour. Listen, the Lord gave them this hour. But this is your hour. And he said, I'm the power of darkness. As Christ was led out of Jerusalem with a cross on his back. His back was, was like a plowed field. They'd whipped him. They'd beat him. They'd spat upon him. They'd ripped the hairs from his face. They'd put a crown of thorns crushed into that brow. They'd put that old scarlet robe upon him and that cross. And let him out. Let me tell you friends. He gave them that hour. Because he was given his life for you. And for me. He gave them that moment. And the powers of darkness came. And every demon in hell were rejoicing. As the Lord Jesus Christ was led out that path to Calvary. But brothers and sisters. Thank God. When he led his life down willingly on that cross for you and for me. When those nails were hammered through his hands and his feet. When that cross was lifted up. 
And as that Lord Jesus Christ hung on that cross for you and for me and for the whole world, thank God at that moment he gave his life as a ransom for all men. But in that he gave his life, the Bible tells us that he spoiled the principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly and he triumphed over them in it. It was the victory of all victories. It was the defeat of all defeats. Thank God for Calvary tonight. Praise the Lord for the Lamb that was slain. Thank God he rose on the third day. Thank God that he gave them that hour. It was the victory of all victories. And thank God tonight he gives us that victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in the New Testament, it's important to note that in that early church, they were up against it. They were up against the kingdoms. They were up against the religious kingdom. They were up against the political kingdom. Remember, they were under that Roman Empire. And so we see there was that whole religious, uh, uh, that whole religious side of it. We, we see that whole political side in that Roman Empire. We see that it was a time of, of great intellectual advancement. So they were up against it. Remember, they were ordinary Joes. They were ignorant and unlearned fishermen. But God was going to take these men and God was going to use these men and women for his glory. In Acts chapter 3, we read the wonderful story of Peter and John going to the temple to pray. And they met the lame man on the way. What a what an account. And they, they laid hands on this man and they spoke and said, In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. We don't have silver or gold. What they're saying is we don't have all the intellectual or all the means by which to touch your life. But we know there's one called Jesus and in his name you rise up and walk. And the Bible says that he, he rose up, that strength came into those ankles. And, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, he was, he rose up on his feet and he began to walk and he began to leap. And these ignorant and unlearned fishermen, Peter and John, are arrested, brought before that great council. We know the stories so well, read it so many times and bring great joy to our hearts. But when they were let go, and in Acts chapter 4, if you turn to it, I want us to read it tonight. But in Acts chapter 4, they're let go and they return to their own company. You see, they were always coming back together. They were always assembling together. That was the, that was the basis of New Testament Christianity. They desired to be together. Once they were let go, we would go to that upper room, find where the Christians were meeting and be part of that. That's the principle of a new Christian, a new life. Be part of a fellowship. Get to every meeting you possibly can. But in Acts chapter 4, they repeat to the saints that were gathered in that upper room everything that happened. What happened with the lame man? What happened as they're arrested? What happened amongst that great council as they're examined and then let go? And it says in verse 24, if you follow it, Acts 4, 24, when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. And they said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of thy servant David said. Now remember we've already quoted this. But listen to what happened. Why did the heathen rage. And the people imagine vain things. So they seen the rising up. 
being instructed by that that religious system that they're not allowed to preach in the name of Jesus Christ, that they're to stop preaching in that name. They said, here's the heathen raging. Here's the people imagine faint things. Verse 26, the kings of the earth stood up. The rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. Look at this. They all gathered together against Christ. Herod, Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. Verse 28. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, now, Lord, is what they said. Now, Lord, you behold their threatenings, but grant unto thy servants, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak the word, and by stretching forth thy mighty hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. What a prayer. Oh, friends, what a prayer. Why not pray this prayer tonight before you go to bed? Lord, behold their threatenings. Now grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak the word by stretching forth thine hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done in the name or by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Oh, saints, what a prayer. This is a New Testament prayer. This is a cry from the heart of an upper room. May this cry go up again, Lord. The whole thing, they're coming together. This whole Babylonian system, this Antichrist world, they have one mind. But Lord, grant unto thy servants, praise the Lord, that we may preach with boldness and speak thy word. And Lord, would you stretch forth your mighty hand to heal and signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And the Bible says, and when they prayed, Lord, do it again. And when they prayed, oh God, you're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Lord, do it again. And when they prayed, the very place where they were was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they speak the word of God with boldness. What a prayer meeting. God give us prayer meetings like that. Lord, give us prayer meetings that are shaken again and every person are filled and they go forth speaking the word of God with boldness and the hand of the Lord and signs and wonders following them that believe. Lord, give us New Testament Christianity. It says in that great Psalm 46, as the raging and the heathen are rising up and the kingdoms are being shaken, this says these words, He uttered his voice. Think about it. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. How awesome this is. He uttered his voice. The voice and the presence are two of the same concerning God. The voice and the presence, if he speaks, then he's there. The voice and the presence are two of the same. When he speaks, the earth melts. But when his presence is also there, everything changes. Look at the psalmist, what he says in Psalm 68 and 8. It says, The Lord shook, the, sorry, the earth shook, the heavens also dropped at the presence of the Lord. 
Even Sinai itself was moved at the presence of the Lord. He's the God of Israel. Psalm 97 verse 5 says, The hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Hills, mountains melt at His voice. And at His presence. This, the, the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 64 These famous words, he cries, Oh, that thou would rend the heavens, that thou would come down, that the mountains might flow down at your presence. In the presence of God, when he comes, mountains melt, hills melt, the earth melts. As when the melting fire burneth, the fire causes the waters to boil to make thy name known to thy adversaries, O friend, surely that's the desire of his people, to make his name known to the adversaries, that the nations may tremble at his presence, when thou didst terrible things, which we look not for, thou camest down, and the mountains, just the mountains, flow down at thy presence, the flowing down of every mountain, at thy presence, you know it was Deborah, and Barak the son, of Obinam, in their day of victory, they said the mountains melted before the Lord. In the great day of victory, that the mountains and the hills would melt. Mountains speak of obstacles, opposition, resistance. That's what it speaks of. Things that are impossible. Mountains, obstacles, opposition, resistance. The Lord Jesus Christ said these words in Mark chapter 11. Listen, Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Jesus said unto them, here's a key, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, now here's the context, faith in God, faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to the mountain, it's an obstacle, it's an opposition, it's a resistance, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatever, whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you that whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Mountains. Anybody got a mountain? Anybody got an obstacle? Anybody got opposition? Anybody experiencing resistance? Let me tell you, friends, here's the first thing. Here's the key. Before we do anything else, have faith in God. You see, it's our faith in God. It's our petition to God. When we bring all of it before the throne of Almighty God who laughs in the heaven at the raging heathen and all the obstacles and all the mountains. And we say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, remove this mountain. We speak to the mountain. Let me tell you, friends, he utters his voice and the earth melts. Just in a moment, he brings peace to a troubled soul. Brothers and sisters, there's a raging world. There's kingdoms that are being shaken. But there's still a voice that speaks and melts the mountains and brings peace to your hearts. Oh God, tonight, oh that I would rend the heavens and come down. May God encourage us with his word. May we be encouraged 
maybe with prayer, with a true heart tonight, get before the throne of grace and simply say, Lord, O God, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we'd preach your word. Stretch forth your mighty hand to heal the sick, that signs and wonders would follow them that believe. He uttered his voice. He still speaks. He's still the Almighty. He uttered his voice. And the earth melts. What a mighty God we serve. Let's pray together tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would uh, again, Lord, just use your word tonight to strengthen your people, to speak to your hearts, to encourage us in our faith in God. Oh, we thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You do not change. Lord, may we just, as your people, look up and see our great victory and glory tonight, knowing that you have won the battle of all battles. Lord, that the devil tonight is a defeated foe. Though he may rage, though he may scheme, but Lord, you sit in the heavens and you laugh. Oh, God, tonight, Lord, we thank you for the victory in Jesus. Bless your word to our hearts. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.